Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Kate Straykosh. She is the owner of Sunshine Kate's. She's also a nourishment and intimacy coach. I'm so excited to have Kate on the show today. So welcome, Kate. Thanks, Rachel. I'm excited to be here too. (laughs) Yeah, I love your energy. I love the work you do. So I would love if you could share a little bit about specifically what you do, what you offer, and why you got into this work. So it's been an ever-long evolving journey uh, to be offering what I'm offering now. And I know that that will change in time. But essentially, um, right now, I have a practice in Red Bank. This year of 2020, I downsized from having two practices, one in Wanamasa and one in Red Bank in New Jersey. And they were both wellness offerings in different dynamics. So I do a lot of detox work and a lot of whole body nourishment. And I work with women and men um, around every aspect within the body. My background is actually nutrition. And I studied at a natural medicine school in Seattle and then went on to become an esthetician to study and explore skin health and how that was related to the inner workings within our bodies. And then through that, went back into yoga therapy and started to really incorporate all of those offerings within my own practice. Sunshine Kate's actually started more than a decade ago in a very different way. And through all of that, I was just really kind of exploring my own journey, but then also working with clients, working with families and individuals But at the same time, I didn't quite realize how disconnected I was from my own hormonal balance in my body. And it was a really um, very explorative time working with a naturopathic doctor who had me really begin to study my cycles, which were very irregular. And I, for many years, did not address PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome in the body. And I'd have these cysts that would burst on my ovaries. And it got to the point where I would pass out from them. Um, Had very irregular moon cycles altogether. And it also really affected my own connection. When I was in relationships, I was just really insecure, not sure when my period was going to be arriving. And just it caused a lot of different imbalances and disconnect. Um, And then One thing led to the next where I started studying my moon cycles and made some really big changes within my eating styles and integrated more detox tools. And it was really beautiful just to explore all these different ways to understand what affected myself, what affected my own detox pathways. And um, it was just a long journey. But the biggest change that I had integrated, I came across a book called The Wild Feminine. And it's written by a pelvic floor therapist. Her name is Tammy Kent. And it was when I was living back in Seattle. So I've lived there twice so far in my life. And I, I found it one day. I would always go to this bookstore. It's a sweet little spiritual bookstore called East West Books. And I pulled it off the bookshelf one day and went back to my apartment and didn't think much of it. And then a few weeks later, 
it literally fell off the shelf and I, I opened it up and the page I opened to just really resonated to me, to my soul. It spoke to me. And the book itself is a culmination of her practice where she works with women um, in all facets of their journey, whether they're focused on fertility, hormone balance, but just really tuning into the pelvic floor, but then deep into the emotions and the energetics that are stored within there. And I feel like from that point on, the veil was lifted and it gave me a sense of permission to start exploring all those aspects within my body. And then that led me into exploring the yoni steams, which I started for myself. And now that's a big part of my practice. And then going deeper into yoni egg work. And then that led me into studying more about sexuality and intimacy. So it's really been an incredible journey. Um, it has not been the easiest, but it's not meant to be right. It's like, that's where we find our, our beauty and the resistance and, and the pain and the discomfort that asks us to open and to explore. And so um, now at this point, what I do is exactly that with both women and men. We go on journeys where we really integrate if it's approaching from the physical body, if there's areas that are feeling like they need more nourishment, more replenishment, we'll build from that. Other times it's entering in more from the emotional body or the energetic body and, and weaving in those points of connection and then enhancing that connection, which I think is something that we all are, are craving more and more of these days. So that's, that's where I stand. I work with individuals and then I do group programs and we do a lot of work um, within New Jersey face-to-face -face, and then collectively I do a lot of virtual work as well. I love that. I think that was so interesting and I love how you know when you work with people too you have your own personal journey that you can relate so it just gives that extra something when you work with clients and you have your own journey that's so connected to their journey so I think that's really important. So when it comes to working with clients how do you work with them? Do you also kind of unpack the relationship issues with people, the relationships with themselves and, and maybe their partners and, and some of the intimacy pieces? I'd love to dive into that. I feel like that's a great area for conversation. Well, that's a really good question. And based on each individual client, I meet them where they are. So sometimes clients come to me um, based on if they're going through a life change, if they're going through a divorce and ending of a relationship mm -hmm. and they're looking for a tool to come back into their body, if they've experienced a lot of trauma in one dynamic or the other. And we can build through a whole container. We can build different resources within, within the different offerings and how I really approach it, it's just following the client's lead. If let's say a woman's coming to me in terms of she's struggling with the fertility journey and whether she's had and experienced some miscarriages or she's just having trouble conceiving altogether with that, it's not so much focusing on conception, on, on really the, the fertility of, of a human, but it's inviting that space for her to come back into her body to nourish herself. And if she is in a relationship, looking at the dynamics within that relationship of, of that connection. And from there, building. Um, sometimes I actually, when we're focusing on fertility, work more 
with a man and I'm focusing on his physical health, but also maybe places in his body where he doesn't feel as open as connected to. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of work together in, in partnership with with couples and that's beautiful. It's it's really beautiful, especially now in where we are in our lives and this year with this incredibly challenging year but as we look back how we can say this year that we've cultivated so much resilience within ourselves relationships have been tested and tested in so many ways right where it's like we if we're living with someone else we're we're there we're together and whether that's going to mean that we find the tools to to enhance that relationship or it's also you know this year I've seen it with a lot of clients and just a whole different, you know, element with people in my lives, how relationships have broken apart because the binds are are loosened and the threads have, have fallen apart and we realize, okay, so where do we need to nourish ourselves? And and that's essentially what, what I'm doing with clients, where we we connect back to ourselves and then from there, what does that mean? How is that interpreted with with the different relationships we have in our lives and whether that is an intimate relationship or partnership or even just looking at family dynamics and relationships and friends um, and even just working relationships too, right? It's, it's all connected. And, and when I started, you know, to share about the Yoni health and the Lingam health, that's one aspect of it, but that leads into other aspects of our, our lives, how vital we feel in our life force and how much we can, we can nourish ourselves. We can essentially turn ourselves on and then how we connect with each other in that same way. For sure. Yeah. So I am curious how you help people nourish themselves. And I know this is going to look different for everyone, but for those listening and they're really curious, okay, so how can I nourish myself better? Or how can I nourish my relationship better? What are some of the tips and tools that you can think of that you can provide people with when it comes to just giving themselves some more nourishment or nourishing their relationships. I think a starting piece with that is looking into where and how we connect back to ourselves, where we connect to the sense of safety and trust within ourselves. Yeah. Safety, trust, and self-love. And and from there, we can also really be so vulnerable and authentic in, in checking with ourselves and saying, okay, are we giving that all away? Or are we looking to outsource that from someone else? Yeah. And those are not easy topics necessarily to, to navigate through. Mm-hmm. But when we think of our the grand scheme of the journey, it saves so much time when we can become clear in that for ourselves. And whether it is that we're in a relationship, but we're looking towards that other person to fill ourselves up and with what we what we need. Right. But then when we can turn back and look towards ourselves and say, okay. How am I honoring myself? Am I listening to my intuition? Am I listening to my my inner guidance, which we all have? But sometimes when we are just, we're in a state of stress, we're overstimulated, we're completely depleted. It's that voice is not so easy to hear, but it comes through to each of us in different ways, right? It's the feelings that come through. It's the sensations that can come through in our dreams. I think that's one of the biggest, biggest starting points, but the place that we continue to go back to, to really see how connected we are to that, that inner voice. But then within that, how are we nourishing ourselves? Are we taking time to just to be and to, 
to feel our bodies, to know what it's like to, to breathe into not just our chest, but into our belly and to, to get a sense of what's there. Is there space? Is there openness to receive? Or does it feel really blocked? And, and what is it blocked by? Breathwork is a huge piece with that I, I guide clients through, um, but I do it for myself. And that's a game changer. When we can breathe deeper into our, our bodies, we can feel. And from the place of feeling, we can, we can act. We can become the witness, but then we can also take action on what we're keeping and what we're clearing. And a lot of that, it's not, it's not like we have a blueprint to follow the tools, but just seeing as we begin to get quieter and quieter within our own body, letting our bodies guide us into, into all ways. And that, that comes into different practices too. You know, we're just moving our bodies, nourishing our bodies through what we're, what we're putting in. Are we, are we putting in substances that are numbing us out? So we feel less, or are we, allowing ourselves to be open and and really expanding into into our bodies yeah i love the embodiment practice that you described i think breath work is also really powerful but what i got as a take-home from what you said was really just noticing and creating space and i think that's really important because I do think that if we are not aware or we're not in tune with what's going on internally, we are going to have these different things that will come up externally. So I love some of what you said with just like getting into our bodies and noticing what's coming up for us. And I don't think people hold space for themselves as much as they could. I think a lot of people could really start to sit with themselves more and explore what's going on opposed to just numb out, like you said, or stay busy or stay distracted or keep ourselves in these loops and patterns that are just so far from our true nature. So I really like what you said. And, you know, as you say that, again, it's going back to thinking of this year, right? In some ways, it's like there's been this big pause button where we've been uprooted from our regular routines. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself has been distressing because we're creatures of habit and and we like to stay busy and we like to stay busy to stay in our minds rather than our bodies. So in that way itself, it's been a challenge to to come back in and to have that quiet. But also just to for each of us, how we've been able to reflect on this year and what have our tendencies been? Has it been to just keep up? and keep with the way and and kind of fighting the change that's coming through? Or has it been a place where it's been this forced in some ways, no pause to look at at what's working and and where we are disconnecting if it's me if it means that we're spending a lot of time scrolling and just kind of staying in our minds and all the subliminal messages that come through that way? Or is it a place where we're able to to really kind of sit with the discomfort and to be with it. I am right now I'm currently in the midst of leading this daily breathwork practice. I have a sweet dear friend out in Seattle. She's a naturopathic doctor and she's been guiding people on this beautiful journey, doing a lot of environmental support around cleaning up air toxicity. And then also she's had some great teachers and guides into supporting the body with with a lung cleanse and people from all over the world have been part of it some that are in California wanted to clean up their physical body from the forest fires people from collectively have come together and 
there's been a really strong underlying pulse of the, the emotions of grief and sadness that we've been holding in our bodies. And I've, I feel so incredibly blessed that I've been able to be part of this, but every morning we gather together in a little Zoom cocoon and we go through different breath journeys. And some we've done to really awaken the body, to support digestive health, to awaken you know, and clear the sinuses. In other ways, we've done some practices around grounding and, and clearing and getting quiet. And we're just about finished with the program, but what has really come through is the deeper we're willing to stay committed to ourselves within that, even when we have the most resistance that comes through, we can really, we can see all those layers. And from those layers, we can feel into those places that so deep down within are asking for our attention. And, and with that, you know, it's, it's going back into thinking about relationships, thinking about our own bodies. Where are those places of ourselves? Like our, our inner child, right? Our little girls and our little boys that are just asking, like, I, I need this, I want this. But because we've stayed so much in our, our heads, we haven't, we haven't heard that voice that's been asking from within. But it's such a, a sacred self-care practice. It's not, it's not an investment as, um, where it's, you know, it's a quick fix by any means, but just really giving ourselves that space to become so clear. It's like, what do our bodies need right now? What do we need? What do we need for our souls to just nourish ourselves, to love ourselves up? And from that place of loving, how can then we open that out into the world and, and share with others in, in every way and, and open up to all these emotions that are such great teachers within ourselves? Yeah, I love that. Two thoughts came to mind. So there's the folks that are single and are kind of repairing their own stuff and working through their own journey. And then there's the folks that are in relationships and trying to work well together with their partner. And I, I feel like those two conversations are different. Maybe they're the same. Maybe there is this internal work that we have to do on ourselves and it gets mirrored into our relationships. But are you working with single people versus people in relationships? And what do you see come up for folks? Is it more about doing this internal work in order to repair your relationship or attract the right partner? What do you see come up for folks? So yes and yes. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I do work with both singles and individuals that are in partnership and relationship. And in some ways, there's very similar themes that come up, right. but how they are active and activated in relationships very often where we're most triggered. Mm. It's our, our own wounds, right? That we're just, we're mirroring out. And then through that, it's choosing our response, whether that's, you know, and this is something that's really been a big ask of clients and not that this is something, I guess the neutrality is a huge piece for all of us when it's, it's working with partners where it's not looking to, to blame something on the other one or to, to put responsibility as one person is the victim and one person is the perpetrator, but just to look at when we're triggered, when those wounds come up, what is it that we need to do for ourselves? Where do we need to heal with that looking that there's always something wrong with us? It's always something that needs to be fixed, but where can we strengthen that relationship within ourselves and then how that affects the other person? You know, it's like when 
let's say in the world of dating, you're in a relationship with someone and you go through your challenges. But then when that relationship, when it's time for it to end and you really have that beautiful opportunity to reflect on the lessons, on the beauty and the growth, how you then apply those lessons into your next relationship. And it's so empowering when you can embody those applications, right? And it it can also go hand in hand in a long-term relationship. Okay, so you're not necessarily moving through different personalities, but within that, you two are two different entities with your own past experiences, with all of the experiences that you've had through conditioning of, of your families, but then also previous relationships and how you're showing up with each other. It's like there's always something to learn from each other and to share that and to exchange that. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it, there's a, a bit more freedom for a single person to be doing that work where there's less accountability if they're not in that partnership. But one does not carry more benefit than the other because it's a really beautiful experience when someone is single and they are just so open to exploring that work within themselves and then enhancing that sense of of readiness of those places, but then applying that, right? It's like just looking at, okay, how can I share and to be become so turned on in your own body, not just sexually, but just alive with life force. Mm. And how, how you can share that with, with everyone you come across, not just in intimate relationships. So there's a lot. There's so many different places, you know, and it's just choosing that starting point. Whether I've worked with clients, it's not even that they've come to me in a place of challenge, but they've just been so aligned with what they desire from the relationship and just to build tools to enhance that sense of connection, that sense of intimacy and to continue to build on that. And then I've worked with clients clients that have come in states of crisis, more or less. And maybe it's been a change if there's, you know, whatever that is, an emotional trigger. Or sometimes it even comes along when a baby comes and how that challenges where the attention goes within the relationship and so many different components of it. So it's, a, um, it's really beautiful to just see how, you know, we can drop back into that human state of just allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, vulnerable and in, in opening up to share and to explore and our own growth and then how we relate that to, to everyone. And this also can go, you know, in alignment with thinking of friendships, right? It's like we can really be triggered by other people in our lives, but how we can learn from each other and then enhance communication, enhance connection and and really look at what and how we show up and what we bring to each relationship. Yeah, for sure. I love that you're highlighting the openness and the vulnerability that has to be present. I think you really can't learn and discover more about yourself if you're not open and ready. So you do have to be open to noticing your triggers, realizing the patterns that aren't working and being open to change those patterns and be very present with what comes up throughout this process. Because if you're not happy in a relationship, there is work to do. Or if you're not happy in being a single person, there's work to do. If you're not ready to really explore that stuff, then you're not going to be able to create different outcomes for yourself. And I know for sure when people do the inner work, it gets mirrored in their outer world. So like if you're a single person listening and you know, you're ready to unpack all of the patterns and habits and triggers, you can totally change your outcome. 
but you also have to just be really ready and open. Right. And even with that, Rachel, just thinking in terms of like all the inner stories that we all have, right? It's like the chitter chatter of the mind and how those inner stories affect our own well-being, our own health on every level, connection and disconnection within our own body on every level, but then how those inter inner stories interfere with external relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what I've seen a lot is a communication disconnect within relationships or people have these wounds from their parents that you mentioned. How, how do you go about healing that? I know noticing it and being aware of it is really the first step, but how do you create a conducive, healthy relationship when you don't know how to heal your own wounds. So what do you do when you're doing all this wound and trauma work with people? So that's a good question. A lot of that, what we had said just a couple minutes ago with the imprinting, mm -hmm. there's, you know, a sense about how we like attracts like, right? right. If it's something that we're, we're familiar with, whether that has a positive experience or maybe not so positive, how on a conscious and subconscious level, we resonate with that and we identify with that. So it can be something that when we choose a partner, what qualities on, on some level remind us of our parents, right? And, and with that, there's a certain aspect that we seek what they gave us. And then there's also this other aspect of what we're seeking that we never received from them. Yeah. And that's a lot, right? I mean, this this is truly that inner, it's like going down into the lowest, like the basement of all these stories. And it usually takes really, you know, that sense of just being so willing to be open and to look at it. It's like the stories that have come through over the years and how we've chosen partners or how we try, even in relationships, maybe we try to morph them into being something that, that we want, but it's kind of turning that perspective around to look at ourselves. It's like, what are we truly trying to feed ourselves, to nourish ourselves, but we're looking to gain from another person. Mm. And, and with that, there's, you know, a sense where we can really we can become so much more empowered to take responsibility back for what we try to impart on other people but then through that also what is our impact what is our own languaging doing to someone else whether that's you know enhancing trust or that's breaking down trust and it also i think there's a, another aspect that comes in to play with that in in looking at how each of us we find that connection within our bodies. And so um, when we choose partners, is it choosing it from a place where we just wanna feel desired on a physical level, or we, we desire someone else on a physical level? Are we coming from a place where we're really just allowing our hearts to open and, and lead into that, that place of getting to know someone outside of the, the sexual experience? And, even just within within that thinking in terms, it's like we all, each of us have masculine energy and feminine energy within us. And there's so many different dynamics within that. The masculine is more, it's considered to be more on the right side of the body. It's the activating side. It's the linear side. It's 
It's the piece that keeps us moving day to day, task by task, just getting things done in our lives. But that that action, it's like I have this idea and I'm going to move forward with it. The feminine side is the more receptive side. It's the left side of the body. That's the receiving side. It's getting those downloads of intuitive thoughts, of visions, of dreams, mm. and allowing them to kind of move through the body. But it's the dance that we all, we exchange within ourselves of how we relate to our masculine and our feminine. And then how we can see how that transmits into relationship um, in terms of, okay, so we can be really receptive and receive or maybe, maybe we're not so great on the receiving side. Maybe we've been, you know, conditioned through generations that you're a giver, you're a provider in that way. And that receiving is more of a guilty pleasure. That's just one narrative. That's something that, especially as women, uh, we're relearning the art of, of receiving. But then the other side, the masculine side, as much as it's the action, it's also the freedom side where it's like, they're not tied down. So it's, how we relate to ourselves within that and how then that's a shared experience outward into any type of relationship that we have again. So it's pretty amazing also just dancing between both energies within our bodies and, and looking and seeing where you, it changes, it shifts based on life, but where you feel most dominant and maybe that side that's a bit more suppressed. For sure. Do you feel like there has to be a balance? Is it just more about having that self-awareness of what energy is more present within you at that point in your life? Or do you feel like sometimes when you work with clients, you have to help them balance their energy because maybe they're overly masculine or maybe they're in a feminine place too much? How do you work with clients and, and understanding their own energy? So that's a good question. And it depends. It depends on the individual. I've worked with, um, I've worked with both women in hetero marriages, wanting to learn how to dance, dance in a more graceful way, we can say, <laughs> not so choppy, like that. that's life, right? It's like just looking at the ocean every day. It's a different, different experience with the currents, but wanting to dance with their husbands. And then I've also worked with men who are in hetero relationships marriages and in partnerships where they're looking to to kind of fine tune their participation in the dance with the feminine mm -hmm. and with that we can look in how we relate to to everything our language that how we communicate is it more assertive is it more directive is it commanding or is it more the invitation to create an open-ended exploration right and that that's a big piece too it's like looking at our own stories okay so how are we speaking to ourselves but then how are we we sharing that with another individual and then also how that can be related if someone is single and not in a partnership you know dancing within that how do they relate to the masculine energy and the feminine energy within themselves and, and other people and it's not so much a balance of always finding that equilibrium but it's just being able to kind of scale back and look and see, okay, what feels like it's really flowing in life? Where do I feel like I'm forcing? And within the force, is that in alignment? Or is that something that I need to kind of pull back and just simply observe and redirect that energy? You know, it's even just thinking, as we're talking, it's just coming to mind on a physiological level, how women's wiring the anatomy of sexual turn-on and men's wiring is so different. 
collectively women have to feel safe in their heart in one way or the other in order to open through their yoni and to feel safe and then how that allows them to surrender and to surrender into being in their bodies to trusting being in their bodies and to taking in that energy and for men it's the exact opposite where they can be physically turned on much faster right from you know their sexual energy but then how that then then it moves up into their heart energy into their heart space of feeling safe and allowing their emotional bodies so for women it's more moving down and in and for men it's coming up and opening but then how how that's related just within our own bodies you know it's like where do we feel the most safe to open and then where can we open in another way to explore yeah there was so much gold there i love that you shared that the thing that kept coming up for me too is just the cultural norms for women and men that are so interesting to break down because a lot of men are not taught to really feel their emotions and really, I I think as a culture, we're not taught embodiment in the way that could be productive and helpful for people because you shared there's so much wisdom in our bodies. And I think on an intuitive level, if you're able to tap in for women, you have to feel safe to create connection. And I think for men too, they know that they have to have this openness in their heart space at some level in a really deep relationship. But I think what's kind of taught to men is to mask their emotions and disconnect from their emotions. So I feel like in relationships that probably comes up a lot for men. And obviously I can only speak to my own experience, but I've, I've just talked to a lot of guys that are kind of disconnected from their feelings and their intuition. And I think it's really destructive. And, and from the male perspective, how they're given that sense permission to release right and it comes through in in different ways than for women where it's easier and again speaking just from my own experience but for women as you know I gather together with my girlfriends we can just kind of purge we can talk but we can feel so safe just being so held by each other and and then from there it gives us that permission to drop into our bodies and for men very often it's like when when guys come together and they play sports or they do something that really gets that surge of energy moving in their body or they sit and they watch a game and they might have a beer and they they talk but it's a different it's a different exchange but how it's almost like we dance within our own circles within that way but then how the polarity comes together right and it's like dancing between that stillness and how much can happen within that stillness and then dancing between when we open and we can explore, it's like, oh, I'm seen, I'm heard. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now as, you know, and we're even just seeing, we're seeing a shift. And I don't necessarily like to use all these words like the patriarchal shifts, because then I love men. I respect them so <laughs> dearly. And I think that they are in, in such a challenging position right now where they're they're being viewed, not all of them collectively but collectively as perpetrators, right? As being, um, they've broken some boundaries and they've really kind of shifted the bar, equilibrium bar between the masculine feminine energy. But within that, it's like they're craving softness. They're craving their own sense of intimacy, but we've just got to 
relearn this language of how we can invite that space to come together to go back to where we were talking about the safety and the trust that comes into our own bodies but then then relationship and then collectively within our communities and how that weaves out and and giving you know young boys a permission where it's like they don't have to be so tough and not share their emotions but teaching them a different way where they're they're fully in their bodies and they have that full spectrum of emotions that they can explore and the same thing for women where they don't have to be repressed and shamed by being too expressive or being too moody or feeling too much mm. that it's like we've all been given this small little range of emotions when we've got this whole spectrum to move into and I think that's also it's like the challenge and the gift right now of where we can where we can move into a different dance. Yeah. And it's exciting. I think it's exciting to break down these cultural norms and create so much openness where you can play across the spectrum. So you can tap in to your more masculine energy or your more receptive feminine energy for both men and women. So I like the openness and I like the change happening. I think it's, it's definitely needed. So needed. It's really beautiful. You know, it's like, we're just all rewiring right now. This is, you know, it's a, it's a really powerful time. And looking back, I think there's going to be so much that we are able to, to reflect back on, on, on what's been unveiled during and unleashed during this time. For sure. I actually want to talk about vitality and restoring your energy for a minute. I know you talked about how the Yoni steam was so helpful for you, but what's also a great way to nourish your own energy and vitality so that you can create these really nourishing relationships as well. So some different tools, some that I, I guide clients through the breath work, the connective breath work, which is it's a lot out there now with transformational breath work, rebirthing, but where we're learning to create this, this fluid inhale and exhale through the mouth, it mm-hmm. just allows emotions to become freer in the body that's a huge piece where i feel like it does allow this sense of of surge of of energy to come through yeah um and then other ways just self-massage and i teach both women and men how to do this whether women are doing this over their breast and just massaging into the body to feel we've got all these beautiful meridian points on our on our palms that when we bring that connection onto our skin, how that can activate, but then that also can ground, that can clear. And then for men, um, teaching them how to do more testicular massage work is really beautiful for, for physical health, for sexual health, but then feeling into their own life force. And we do a lot of work with, with breath and the massage together into making it more of the bookend experiences as daily practices as morning practices, as grounding practices. And I feel like, you know, we've got we've got tons of tools that we can integrate into our own toolkits, but it's something that might change season to season. It might change season to season within, within you know, what's happening within our lives of ways that we, we give ourselves permission to feel. But I feel like those are two pretty neutral and um, very accessible tools that pretty much all my clients are doing or yeah. coming back to when they're called to. <laughs> yeah. So my thought on that is how do you also help people unpack their shame? So specifically for men and women, some people have shame around experiencing pleasure. 
So that's huge. And that's such a common thing. And, you know, it goes back to even what we were just talking about with the wounds, the stories mm-hmm. that were there. That is a question that comes through where clients ask and say, well, how, how do I begin to do this? Or the shaming that even can come through the partner that they're with that, you know, if, if there's a, a concern that they can experience more pleasure within their own bodies, that inadequacy from, from the partner, Mm-hmm. A lot of that really comes down to where are those stories coming from? Right. What, you know, what is the narrative behind it? Shame is huge. Shame is something that we've, we've all experienced in one form or another. It's just a matter of figuring out where that lies in the body and then giving it permission to become not a story per se, there's, yes, there's a story of how it, it got there, but the story of how it can travel through and how it can be such a great teacher to see what else is beneath that shame. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that's like, oh, I feel like we could do a whole, converse, have a whole conversation on that as an emotion, just, you know, thinking back to when, when we're little kids and that experience that comes along when, you know, parents say, don't touch your body or the, the gross or the, the words that are used around around our bodies and then how that manifests into adulthood and how we even are willing to look at our own bodies our beautiful bodies and, and the stories that come up around that. But I feel like that could be something of a, a future conversation because there's, that's beautiful work, but it's a lot of work, but it's really, you know, looking at where those stories come coming from and can we hold that container for it to be a place to, to go beneath the layers to see what we can explore there unpacking shame is a whole conversation. I agree with you. It it goes deep and there's lots of layers to that. But I think giving people permission to is like, this is okay. You can do this. It's, It's safe to do this. Like you said, that idea of safety is super important, especially for women. So it's just like that reassurance. This is okay. Like this is healthy. And I think just giving people that permission is so huge because then they can continue to do the work to dive deeper and peel back the layers and understand themselves better as a beautiful person, because we're all just so beautiful in our own way. But again, peeling back, (laughs) understanding things about ourselves and really like getting into this work. So this just really makes me curious about your offering. So I know you have a virtual retreat coming up. So what does that offering look like? And what are some of the other offerings you have going on? So one of the aspects that I do offer within my practice, um, I run global retreats, which this year with nothing, uh, we couldn't do them. But um, within that is an experience in itself where we step away from our comfort zones, from our everyday routines and responsibilities, where we can literally fully be present in our body. And the theme behind each of the retreats, done them um in Italy, I've collaborated with one of my super sweet friends, Krista Russo, taken a group to Nicaragua, um, back to Italy, We've done some retreats here in Jersey, and I've done some dude ranch retreats in Wyoming. But uh, so much of that is, you know, going to an area that might not be familiar, but then just being able to be and, and to explore and to open through eating, through exploring nature, through our senses, through moving our bodies. And with the circumstances now, since we can't do any big travel, uh, we're doing an online a day retreat where we'll be weaving together different practices throughout the day. We'll have some movement, some meditation, having an herbal class, a cooking class, and it's this beautiful experience where um, everyone will be set up 
with the tools that they need to go through it, um, but you'll be in the comfort of your own home and collectively just connecting that way. And then as soon as we can get back into traveling, I have two destination retreats that I'll be sharing about when we, we can open those up again. But that's a big part of it too. Really, when we are out of that state of stress, how we can feel, we can be in our bodies, but then how we learn how to take it back into our, our day-to-day routine. And that is just, it's such a delicious feeling when we can we can experience that. So that's happening in January. And then I also uh, have an upcoming program starting at the end of January with one of my other close girlfriends, Angela Messini. She is a postpartum doula and she does a lot of empowerment work with women making the transition postpartum into really honing in their motherhood role, but then also just being back in their bodies and experiencing pleasure in different ways. And so with that, it's mainly virtual, but then we have um, a live optional day, Um, but we're going to be weaving together some of the tools that I've shared and different practices, some of her practices as well. And going to be a whole body experience. So that's also happening at the end of January. And then towards the end of February, I have a Yoni egg journey that's coming up that I do every year. And it's really beautiful where we do a virtual cocoon practice um, where every woman receives a Yoni egg and week by week, we go through different practices, different meditations, different breath and body journeys within that, that you don't always have to use the egg internally, but just the access point of of how beautiful that is to, to connect back with the body. So everything right now is virtual. Um, and then I do the, the face-to-face work with clients in my office as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Angela came on the show and we talked about her postpartum journey too. She's great. So yes. much, yeah, <laughs> so much goodness. So I'm so excited that you decided to come on. I'm so grateful for your time. This has been a wonderful conversation. I can't wait for everybody to find out more about you and what you do. So where can everybody find you? Thank you. So um, my website is sunshinekates.com. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of blogs up there that you can read more about everything that we've we've explored today in our chat. Um, and then on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, it's Sunshine Kates. Perfect. Well, yeah, thank you again. This was a wonderful conversation. And I hope you guys all check out what Kate is up to. Thanks, Rachel. Hey, friend. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.